Happy Gobble Gobble weekend, everyone. Let me, let me let you know something. I love hiking. I enjoy hiking. Some of you are like, that is the worst thing. You know, you want to send me to hell, let me go hiking. I love hiking. I love climbing to the top of mountains and just, just basking in God's creation. However, there was this one time. I went on this hike with two friends. It was called Three Ridges. And it was, um, it was a disaster. Um, for one, it was 15 miles total, which so I, I totally um, underestimated my ability to manage 15 miles of walking with a pack. And then this was the worst part. Uh, this was summertime. And you know what you don't want to do when you're hiking in the summer? Run out of water. So there I was with about seven-ish, six, seven miles left. And all I know is that at my vehicle, I have a gallon of water sitting in my back seat waiting for me. And I am thinking only about this gallon of water. Because I, I was like, you know what, Keith, you might be thirsty. Let's just keep that just in case you need some water. I had no idea that I was going to run completely out. And, but wait, there's more. It wasn't just me, the guys that were with me. We were like, oh no, it is hot. <laughs> you do not want to run out of water. Have you ever been dehydrated? Have you like, because when you get dehydrated, you get kind of cranky, you get irritable, you might even get a little confused, might get dizzy. Well, let me tell you, when we got back to the vehicle, I was thankful for two things. One, that the path to the vehicle was on like a downward slope, so I could pretty much just let gravity uh, do its thing. And then sitting in the back of my Jeep was a extremely warm gallon of water. And when I tell you it was the best water I have ever had in my life, I drank it. It felt like I was drinking hot chocolate. It was so hot, but it was so refreshing. So I'm gonna, let me give you some, a fun uh, piece of advice. If you leave here today, you think of nothing else, you remember nothing else. Um, if you go hiking, please, for the love of God, take more, than, more water than you need. And if you think to yourself, eh, that's enough, it's not. Take more. But here's the thing that we're gonna kind of tackle today is, see, it's one thing to be dehydrated physically, you know, like when, again, maybe you get sick. Uh, just a few weeks ago, my daughter, she was sick. She had fever. We're like, Amaya, you got to drink fluids. You got to drink fluids. You got to drink fluids. You got to keep drinking fluids. Some of you are like, I have a headache. Maybe you need more water. It's like more water surprisingly helps almost everything within our physical body. And it shouldn't be a surprise because more than half of our body is made up of water. We need it. And some of us, we think we can just like, you know what? I don't really drink a lot of water, but I drink a lot of coffee. Coffee's going to dehydrate you. But what about that soda? No, soda is not going to hydrate you. Sometimes all we need mm, is a tall glass of water. And now all of us, as we're sitting here, you might be thinking, Keith, I am thirsty. Just you talking about all this water. Well, here's the thing that we're going to tackle today. What happens with not physically, but spiritually, when we're empty, when we're dehydrated, 
Because see, what happens is we think, we're like, well, if, we, if I can do this, so it's like we pause, like, you know, I can handle this, I can do it on my own. If I get this, this, and this, I'll be okay. Because some of you, you may have walked in to Thrive this morning, you're sitting here, you're joining us on our online campus, and all you're thinking of, this is it. I have nothing left in my tank. We sent out the email earlier, maybe you feel like your life is on empty. And you're hoping, maybe if I attend this service, Maybe it'll get me through next week. Well, I want to encourage you and say it's probably not. This sermon is not some magical pill that if you listen to it, you're like, you know what? I am happy. I am, everything is great. No, 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 no. The purpose of this message is how are we going to apply it? How are we going to go from empty? How are we going to go from dehydrated to hydrated, from empty to full? Because sometimes we think it's the next thing. That's what's going to help me. It's that next promotion. That's going to make me feel fulfilled. When I work my tail off and they finally say, congratulations, Keith, you got the raise. Guess what? I'm going to feel good, and it's going to feel good for a day and a half. And then I'm like, oh, I've already spent all my money. Now, well, you know, in the next promotion, the next raise, that's when I'm going to finally feel complete. It's the next, just a little bit more. We just want just a little bit more. You know, when I get that car that I've been wanting, when I get it, oh, that is it. I am fulfilled, but then you get it, and two months later, you're like, you know what? But the new one has all these other new fancy features. Just a little bit more. You know, when I find that special someone, oh, they're going to, like Jerry Maguire says, complete me. And then you find them, and you find out the only thing that's complete is how completely insane that they can make you at times. People are not going to fulfill you. Why? Because no one is perfect. You will fail me, I will fail you. Maybe if like, if, if I just, just a little bit more, just listen, eventually what happens is we're trying to fulfill something that is spiritual, something that only God can fill, and we're trying to fill it with something that is temporary. And that's what we're going to unpack today. This is the big idea of today's message. We often try to satisfy our hunger and thirst through what's temporary. Some of you, the second, again, hunger and thirst, listen, we're coming off of Thanksgiving weekend. Some of you had the most incredible Thanksgiving meals. You're still daydreaming about it. You're, you're sad that the leftovers are gone. Some of you are really glad Thanksgiving over because that, that meal was not that good, and you wish you could throw the leftovers away, but not even the dog will eat it. But here's the thing about it. Did you know that tomorrow we're going to be hungry again? Right now, some of you might be hungry right now. Some of you are like, I want anything but Thanksgiving. We continue to do that with every area of our lives. We're trying to take something and fulfill it with something that's temporary, with something that's not going to last. I want you to turn me in your copy of God's Word to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Not to be confused with the Gospel of John. This is towards the end of the Bible. And 1 John is the first of three letters that the Apostle John wrote towards the end of his life, towards the end of his ministry. And if I could sum up 1 John in kind of like a synopsis, it's he's trying to direct and redirect believers to what matters most about being followers of Jesus Christ, of what is the basics 
of Christianity. And this is what he writes in these uh, two verses here. He says, do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving of physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. Sounds familiar. These are not from the Father, but they are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. John is warning these believers to not have this love of the world, to not fall for these things that are fading away, that are going to, again, that are temporary, that will not stick, that will not stay. Now, some of you are like, whoa, 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 he said don't love the world. I thought we were supposed to love the world. I mean, like John 3, 16 doesn't say that God so loved the world. I'm so glad you're asking that question because there's a difference. So you have, as, again, a way, it's like a definition of the world. So the first one, you got this God's physical creation, all right? That's like us, the humanity. You know, this is the things that when you read in Genesis chapter 1, where God created, he said it was good, he created the mountains, the seas, the sky. It is good. So when we talk about what John is speaking of here in 1 John, he's not talking about this creation. He's not talking about and don't love the people around you. Don't love humanity. What he's talking about is this other definition of this world that's uh, of world that has kind of like, a, it's more of like a nuance, more of like, an, almost like a, just a depth to it. And it's this word called worldliness. Say worldliness. Worldliness, it's just a fun word to say. So what he's referring to is really, uh, if I could kind of break, sum it up, there's multiple ways you could define it, but basically it's this view and living life through our sinful nature. It's our flesh. So what John is saying, he's not saying don't, listen, you gotta hate the people in your life. Some of you already do, and that's you know what I'm praying for you. But what he's talking about here is not loving the sin of this world. Not giving in to the sin of the flesh. Because if we were honest, and I hope we can be this morning, I know I'm going to try to be, is for me, I, I live my life all about Keith. I can be extremely self-centered. So me, I only find there's one day a year that I'm okay with being completely selfish. And that is my birthday. On my birthday, I'm not going to cut grass. I'm not going to clean the dishes. I'm going to use, it's my birthday for every excuse that I can. And my wife got to experience that last week because last week was my birthday. And I remember on that day, she was talking, hey, will you help clean the dishes? And I said, no, it's my birthday. And you know what she said? Okay. That's love. That is love. But listen, if we find satisfaction in things of just this world, we will be left empty and thirsty. We'll still be left longing. Ecclesiastes, and I love the book of Ecclesiastes. If you're a pessimist like me and you've never read Ecclesiastes, that book is for us, okay, pessimist. It is awesome. 
And see, this is what he talks about. He says, when you're going after the things of this world, he, talk, he basically talks about how it's like chasing after the wind. I don't know if you've ever chased after the wind. Um, you're not going to catch it. It is a waste of time. It's a waste of effort. It's a waste of energy. It's like that game you tell your kid to play so they'll leave you alone, and they'll leave you alone for a long time. Like, you know, just go chase the wind. See if you can go. Here's a bag. Go, go catch some wind. That's what it's like when we're trying to find this fulfillment in things of this world, in that promotion, in that thing, in that person. We're chasing after the wind. And typically when we're doing that, we're doing it for me. I'm doing the things that I want. But what it is, it's this illusion. It's this false security. Because see, here's the thing. The reason why we keep going after the things of this world, the reason why we keep going after these things that are temporary is because at first they don't feel temporary. At first they satisfy. At first they feel secure. At first you're like, man, all right, I feel like I got my, 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 you know, my feet are under me. Like I feel good. I feel sturdy. And then life happens. And then someone betrays you or something uh, takes place where you have more expenses than income. And then you start, again, everything starts getting rocky again. It's this illusion of security. Because eventually, it will give out. Eventually, there's going to be this expiration date. Eventually, you're going to be back where you were at the beginning, trying to find fulfillment, dehydrated. And it's going to almost sneak up on us. Like we're not even going to realize it until we have those symptoms of dehydration. We're irritable. We're just angry all the time. Things are just making us ill and upset. And we're confused. We're dizzy. Like, oh, I thought this. And I thought it is this illusion. And I want us to look at this other text in Jeremiah. And the prophet Jeremiah, God speaking to him and about the people of followers of God. And this is such... A prof- I'll say profound illustration, because again, this is something that has, listen, this happened back in the garden, okay? This, this isn't like a new thing. This isn't like, oh my gosh, Keith, you're right. I've been finding, I've been going after things that don't fulfill me. Oh my gosh, no, we've been doing this our entire lives. Our entire creation since Genesis. Adam and Eve, what'd they do? They said, you know what? I want to get that apple. I think it'll be good. I, 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 let's, just, just, let's just be disobedient to God. And, and then... Everything went downhill from there. So it happened then, it happens now, and guess what? It happened in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 2, this is verses 11 through 13. Has any nation ever traded its gods for new ones, even though they are not gods at all? And this, Yet my people, again, this is God speaking to followers, yet my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. They've chosen to prefer the things that were worthless. You see, when we find fulfillment in things that are not the Lord, no, it doesn't matter how you twist the words, what we have done is we've done just that. We have exchanged our glorious God for an idol. And we may not feel that way in the moment. Well, it's just... What's so wrong about wanting something good for life? What's wrong with wanting to have that vacation? What's wrong with having to have nothing unless it consumes you? It says in verse 12, the heavens are shocked at such a thing and shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. The heavens are shocked because people have exchanged 
God for idols. Verse 13, for my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they dug their, for themselves cracked cisterns that hold no water at all. So they abandoned God and they said, eh, these will work. We'll just make these cisterns and we'll put water in them. They're cracked. Eh, it's okay. It'll leak a little bit. But you know what? It's, it's, it's me. It's me, 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 me. It's, I like this better than what God's asking me to do. Let's do it my way because I can kind of be fulfilled here even though it is temporary. I'll just find something else to keep filling up the water. Now, see, some of you may be thinking, what in the heck is a cistern, Keith? Is that like a decorative item? Uh, I don't know. It could be. See, a cistern is a container for water. Now, this could be, uh, when you look, especially within Jeremiah's time, that history, that could be like a giant pot. That could also, actually, a cistern can also be in the ground or underground. What it is, it's a storage place for water. Understand that. It's a storage place for water, not source of water. It is a storage place. That means eventually it will run out. It will run dry. And what God is saying in that book there in Jeremiah to his people, to his followers, like, you guys have left me the living water, the source of life, and exchanged me for these broken vessels that are leaking. And how often have I done that? Have I tried to make it on my own, my own ability, my own strength, my own knowledge? not realizing I have exchanged living water for a really terrible substitute that I'm having to continue to try to refill, that I'm having to do this. I'm having to do it by my own strength, my own ability. You see, there are, I'm going to talk about, there's like these four cracked cisterns that I think we all keep making, that we all keep coming back to, these counterfeit uh, containers, and a few of these I mentioned earlier, one is relationships. We think that a person, now listen, this is not just romantic, this is friendship, this is could be a, a, like uh, someone you're trying to just share life with, like, you know what, I'm just so lonely, if I had a friend, if I had, you're right. Listen, God created us for community, okay? When I talk about these cisterns, these crack containers, they're not bad in and of themselves. But what's bad is when we use them and view them as the source and not just for storage. So relationships in and of themselves are not terrible. What's bad is when we think, you know what? My wife fulfills me. My wife is everything that I need. Here's the truth. Now, me and her have openly talked about this. She's not. Is she amazing? Absolutely. But she is human. She cannot complete me because she will fail me. I will fail her. Your coworker that you get to share your life with, you get to go through life with friends, your family members, they will not complete you. They are just a cistern that eventually will run dry. And we have to continue to fill these areas. And the question is, we can try to do it ourselves and think that we, by ourselves, by our own strength, by our own ability, everything will be perfectly fine. And you may feel that for a season, but eventually you will run out of strength. Another counterfeit container is that of pleasure. 
that if we feel good, then everything must be good, then God must be pleased with us because everything is good. And we chase after, that could be, again, just this fleeting feeling. I remember, check this out, just we, me and my family, we went to Disney about a year or so ago, I think. My brain doesn't compre- like comprehend time anymore since 2020. That could have been five years ago. I don't know. One or two years ago, we go to Disney. We've been saving for years for this trip. It is the most magical time in the most magical kingdom. And at the end of the trip, you know what we're thinking about? What's next? What's the next thing? Ooh, how about a cruise? Ooh, chasing after these counterfeit containers. I'm never going to be completely fulfilled just because I'm chasing after this feeling. Because what I'm really chasing, again, Ecclesiastes, Solomon, I'm chasing after the wind. I'm chasing after this feeling, this experience, because if I feel good, everything must be good, right? I'm pretty sure the Apostle Paul didn't feel good when he was in prison for the gospel. Just because we don't feel good doesn't mean that God's not moving, that God's not in the moment involved in our lives. We have to be focused, and I'll get more into this in a few, uh, more on obedience and faithfulness. Another, uh, and we can almost like piggyback a little bit from, uh, in it from the message of last week, uh, another cracked cistern, a counterfeit container is knowledge. We think if we know enough, if we have this ability to obtain knowledge that, again, we will be, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm, again, this pride starts kind of rising to the top, if you remember that from last week. See, the Bible says that knowledge puffs up. But love builds. And when I think of this, how knowledge puffs up, it makes me feel like, uh, I don't know if you, if you enjoyed cartoons. Maybe you enjoyed them now or growing up. But like when you see these individuals, they, like, they look like me, but then they like, like blow into their thumb and like, like they look like they're Hercules or something. That's what, I'm, that's what I picture when I read passages like this. I'm like, oh man, that's like just totally fake. Like you're acting like you're puffed up. We come to the end of ourselves. And I don't care what it is. See, sometimes we can feel like we've got it all together because we know more than the next person. And we're just like waiting in the wings like Sir Buzz Killington, wanting to deflate someone's moment. Like, well, actually, you're, I was just reading the other day. I don't know why you have to like talk in this scholarly type voice. And if you're scholarly, I'm sorry. And here's another cracked cistern, another counterfeit container, status. Oh, our reputation, how people view us, what people think, feel, and believe about me. When they look at me, they better, oh, man, I hope that they look at me and think I am perfect, that I've got it all together, that everyone wants to get a buzz cut like Keith because Keith is the status. He is the epitome. He is all that in a bag of chips. And here's the truth. I'm not. But sometimes we can chase this appearance that we've got it all together. And here's the thing about all of these. This is not news. This is not brand new. This is not a, oh my gosh, he's right. This is a, as I'm talking about these, you probably thought of moments in your life where you tried to find fulfillment in a relationship, a fulfillment in something or someone, and you realized that was the wrong decision because they or that failed you. They came up short. Why? Because they or storage place, not the source. We have exchanged the living water for cracked cisterns. 
we have exchanged the goodness and fulfillment and goodness that God has for us for things that are temporary because they're quick and easy. Because we can control this. Where if we have to trust the Lord, we have to trust his ability, his faithfulness, his control. We have to relinquish our power and our ability. So here's the thing. What are we supposed to do with this? Keith, this has been one of the most depressing Thanksgiving weekend messages I've ever heard in my life. You're welcome. Fill the emptiness. Every single one of us sitting here with our online campus, we can be empty. Some of you may feel full. You may be like, man, God is just doing this incredible work in my life. Praise God. But for the rest of us, there are areas in our life where we need God to fill it. We are empty, and we've been trying to pour water into cracked, broken cisterns on our own ability and our own capacity. So how do we allow God to fill our lives? How do we exchange these cracked, broken cisterns for him and him being living water? The first thing we have to do, and this is super difficult, piggybacks last week, we got to repent and humble ourselves before God. We have to realize we can't. I can't fulfill myself. My strength is limited. My mental capacity is limited. And I have to be willing to surrender myself to what God desires, to what God wants. In James chapter 4, verses 4 through 8, this is to me one of the toughest passages, harsh, super harsh. And the reason why I say that is because every time I read these few verses, I feel attacked. Starting off of verse 4, it says, you adulterers. Right off the bat, James just slapping us in the face. Don't you realize that friendship with the world, again, when it says the world here, it's not talking about creation, humanity, it's talking about worldliness, makes you an enemy of God? I'll say it again, because the first time wasn't harsh enough. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Dang, James. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Is that not what, to me, that's one of the most beautiful phrases in Scripture. If we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. He wants to be near us. God cares for you. God loves you. And a lot of times, that's where people like to pause in this passage of Scripture. Because it ends on a nice note. However, this is last sentence. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Every time I read that passage, 
And I'm not kidding. Even now, I feel so convicted. I'm trying to figure out, man, okay, what in my life am I, like, of the world am I being friends with? I'm starting to filter things through. It's like, all right, if I do this, is this of the world, is this of the Lord? And I have to come to grips with the fact that I am that individual at the end. Your loyalty is divided between God and the world. I have to repent and humble myself before the Lord. I have to submit to what he wants. I have to be willing to say no to Keith when what he desires me to do is anti-Keith. There are sometimes, listen, I don't, I don't want to study scripture. I don't want to read the Bible. I want to watch that next episode on Netflix. I want to, like, you know what it says? Are you still watching? You know I am, Netflix. You know I am. <laughs> don't even ask that stupid question. I am still here. That's what I want to do. When I wake up in the morning, oh, man, I want to get my cup of coffee I'm going to go straight to Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I want to waste my day away in the scroll. But you know what I need to do? I need to spend time understanding Scripture. I need to spend time in prayer, listening to the Lord, allowing Him to shape me. But guess what? That's not what I want to do. Some days, yes. Some days, yes. Okay, it's a joy to follow and serve the Lord. But there are some days, it is a grind. I don't always wake up like with a Bible hovering uh, above a table waiting for me to, you know, re draw near to God. Do you know what that means? Move. You've got to do something. There's an area of your life that God wants you to submit to him. One of those cisterns, one of those containers of water, those cracked containers that you have been trying to use to fulfill yourself, you need to surrender it to him. Is it because of a relationship? Is it your job? Is it success? Is it a substance? We need to submit it to the Lord. We need to humble ourselves, repent, and allow him to be that source of living water for our lives. Because the only way to fill the emptiness is to humble ourselves, repent. And here's the second thing we're going to talk about is live from the right source. We got to live from the right source. You see, one of the most incredible things about being a follower of Jesus Christ, a follower of the Lord, is that we are not alone. You know, Jesus says, listen, and this is Keith paraphrasing, I've got to go, but when I go, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter is going to be with you. You see, here's the most incredible thing to me as I read and I study through Scripture. We have what others in the Old Testament did not have. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have God through the Holy Spirit directing us, speaking to us, guiding our steps, convicting us. Do you realize as we're talking about areas to submit, I believe that the Holy Spirit is the one speaking to us, convicting of us of things that we need to submit to the Lord, that is not honoring to him, that we have again exchanged the living water for idols. The Holy Spirit is guiding us and directing us. It's understanding and reading scripture. And listen, I love the verse of the day on the YouVersion Bible app, but there's more. Psalms chapter 1, my favorite chapter in Psalms. And it's not just because it's the first chapter, because then I'll read it and I feel like I've done something nice. But this is what he says. It says, Talk about those who meditate on God's word day and night is like a tree planted by a river, producing fruit each season. 
a tree whose leaves do not wither. You know, the best place to be if you're a plant is near water. I don't know if you know this, but plants need water to live. Um, me and my wife can't seem to get a grip on that, and we kill every plant we ever bring into our house. But when we meditate on the Word of God day and night, we are like a tree planted by a river that is continuously flowing. That's why it's so important to read and understand God's Word. That's why for us as a church, I, am, I love that we get to, again, every time new guests, you turn your connection card, we use your email, we send you an invite to this thing called Right Now Media. It's like the Netflix of Bible studies. It is incredible. Why? Because I want my life, I want our lives to be like a tree planted by a river, producing God's fruit in season with leaves that never wither. But it's not going to happen if we continue to try to fill our lives and fill it with these cracked, broken cisterns. Trying to find fulfillment in storage places instead of a source. So today, we have choices to make. Tomorrow, we have choices to make. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Another translation says, for they will be filled. You want to fill the emptiness in your life? Hunger and thirst for righteousness. What is righteousness? The right oneness with God. Right relatedness with God. Humble yourself, repent. Live from the source and not from a storage place. John chapter 4, Jesus is having this conversation with this woman at the well, and it's this beautiful interaction. If you've not read this uh, moment in Jesus' ministry, you definitely need to. And they're talking about getting water from this well, and Jesus is speaking in metaphor, calling himself the living water. And he says, but whoever drinks the water I give them, Jesus, not me, that Jesus gives them will never thirst Again, never, can you imagine never being thirsty again? Listen, I've been up here running my mouth for several minutes, and guess what? I'm thirsty. I can't imagine, again, going on a hike and never being thirsty, never thinking, I just want some water. Mowing grass, go mow grass. You're going to want some water. The water I give them, they will never thirst again. And the woman he's talking to, she's like, oh, sign me up. But yet, we hear this opportunity. But a lot of times, when the push comes to shove, we don't take advantage of the living water. We exchange it for idols. We exchange it for what's temporary. And as we close today, I want to read a passage from Psalm chapter 63. And it just beautifully just wraps up what we're talking about today. And this is verse 1 and then also 3 through 5 of Psalm 63. It says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts 
for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. This, is, this is, needs to be our prayer, our cry. Verse three, your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast, he said on the weekend after Thanksgiving. Listen, I had an incredible Thanksgiving meal Thursday. And as I read this passage, you satisfy me more than the rich, think of the best food you've ever eaten in your life. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with the songs of joy. Today, as we wrap up this series called Deep Clean, I believe that God has been doing a deep clean in all of our lives. Showing us, revealing to us, not where we're failing, not where we've just been missing it, but revealing his goodness, revealing his love, his care, his grace. Do you realize we do not deserve to get to draw near to God? My sin, my imperfections should cause me to recoil, should cause God to recoil that when he sees my sin, it should sicken him. But yet... Your unfailing love. God's love is unconditional. I don't care how empty you are. I don't care how worthless you feel. God's love for you is unfailing. It does not change even when we change. It does not change when we fail. Hold. It does not change when we succeed. God's love is not greater because we're obedient. His love is constant. And that is such a hard thing to fathom because in my life, love has always been conditional. Acceptance has always been conditional. The second you break trust, uh-uh, you gone. If God treated me the way I treat others, I, I would have no hope. We have to fill the emptiness with the right thing. Not from storage places, not from an experience. Because listen, experiences are fantastic in the moment. They make great memories, but they will not sustain. I had a great Thanksgiving, but guess what? I can't eat a great Thanksgiving memory next Thanksgiving. Psalm chapter one, I wanna be a tree planted by a river, producing fruit, leaves who's, who, that never withers, but it's only gonna happen if I am pulling and drawing from the living water of the Lord. Not trying to find fulfillment in anyone else, not trying to find fulfillment in something, in an accomplishment, in a possession. But it only happens when we allow God to intervene. When we submit to him, when we humble ourselves, when we repent, 
when we fulfill, when we pursue him so that he can fulfill us. So today as we close, I wanna pray for all of us that as we live this life, as we go through today, and I think it's very fitting that it's pouring rain right now outside. Those of you joining us online, you're lucky. You didn't have to walk in this. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, God is greater than the circumstance and situation. Even if in this moment you think I'm a complete just liar, that's okay. I wanna pray that God would reveal himself as we draw near to him, that he will be faithful and draw near to us, that he will show himself present in our lives because he is our savior, he is our Lord. If you would pray with me. God, I pray that as we have been navigating in this series, that we've been navigating today, God, reveal to us the areas of our lives that we've been not relying on you, that we've been relying on the things of this world. The apostle John wrote, said, love not this world. God, help us to, to love you, to care for you, to pursue you. As it says in Psalm 63, this is gonna be our prayer today. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. God, help us to find fulfillment in you and you alone. God, guide us by your Holy Spirit. Reveal to us the areas of our lives that we have not surrendered to you, that we have not submitted to you. God, help us live a life that is completely whole in you. God, because out of that, everything else is more enjoyable. Relationships, possessions, God, the work that we have, they're enjoyable because you are our source. You are the source of life. You are the living water. Anyone who drinks from you will never thirst again. God, guide us in this week and the days to come to allow you to continue the work that you have been started long, long ago so that we can be who you desire us to be, to live the life that you have for us, to fulfill your desires so that the gospel can go forward. And as we continue to pray this morning, if you're here in this room watching us on our online campus and you do not have a relationship with the Lord, I want to invite you to make that decision today. And all it is is to believe it, to confess, believe that Jesus, that because of his death and resurrection, we are forgiven of our sins, and it's to confess that. And as way of confession, if you wanna make the decision to follow Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me and say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe that by your death and resurrection, I am forgiven of my sins. I confess that you are Lord of my life. I surrender everything to you. And it's in your holy, precious name we pray. Amen.